Welcome to the We Are Talk Ooh. pilot episode of the podcast. My name is Victor Jones, and I don't like you niggas. Wow. That was aggressive. But what's up? This your boy, Uncle Chris. And always remember, juice is temporary, but sauce is eternal. Well, what up, y'all? It's Cutway, and it's fucked up. It's Hey, y'all. It's Mari. Um, Miss Depop on these old-ass niggas. Yo, yo, it's Wes. Uh, stop telling women what they can and can't do, especially on social media, man. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. Oh, God. But this fellow, um, you know, I don't really have any, I don't know what I want to say this time. I don't know how wild I want to be, but I'm going to go with pretty much, I'm going to people tell you how to look at basketball. What's up, y'all? It's Nelson, and, uh, my, I'm wondering, so, Y'all are persecuting us for selling drugs. So we decide to sell stocks. But y'all don't want us to do that either. So what the fuck do you want us to do? They want you to shut up and be broke, which we will get to. Alright, first order of business, Vic. Man, what is the first order of business? I don't know what it is. Oh, I thought it was the kids. I thought, I it, was thought it was the kids, kids in California. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we, um, there was a tweet that came out yesterday that is talking about kids and, um, down in uh, in, New- in California. So what it says is an update from 105 schools that counted the football season this fall in California equals alarming. 1,087 players ineligible. Um, 253 players dropped out. 64 players incarcerated. 85 players are joined games. 38 football players are new fathers. So um, it stems from the fact you know these kids don't have any rec- recreational you know, activities, they're probably home most of the time and, you know, sitting in front of the computer for school. And I know California's been locked down for, the, for a while now, so I'm not sure how that plays into it. Because it even trickled over trickled over into Las Vegas where they had 18 kids commit suicide and it alarmed them um, in Clark County, which is where Vegas is, and it alarmed them so much that they're trying to reopen the school so they can keep eyes on the kids, even though it's a danger to that, too. You know, as far as teachers and administrators and kids getting sick with COVID. But they're, they're like, you know, 18 kids have killed themselves. And um, I was reading where they use this alert system. They put on the kids' iPads. Cause all the kids have iPads. And any searches they do or any any innuendo that they put in the iPad, it sends the school district an alert. So the, the, the superintendent said initially they had, like, the basic system. Um, I forget the name of the system. I'll give it in a second. But initially, they had the, the basic system, and they, and they got like 3,100 alerts within a month or so to the point that they went ahead and went with a 24-hour system so they could, like, keep an eye on these kids and to the point where one kid, he searched on the iPad for how to um, tie a noose, and the grandfather of the kid was just shocked when they contacted him and told him what was going on with the kid. So that's the topic that we want to, you know, as far as high school sports and how it plays into these kids' social lives and you know, and being at school and what that plays plays into as well. So this is this is one of the weird things that um, you know America got problems. Period. So COVID is kind of exposing all these individual issues that people could otherwise sweep under the rug. A lot of people, um, like the first complaint I really remember hearing uh, in March was like, "Damn, these kids is at home," and it's like. You spend all this time 
really being able to kind of like pawn your kids off on other people and you don't even know like what's really going on and I think that really just kind of shows how much is how much people don't know about their kids and, and what's going on and how hard and how difficult it is to uh, one raise kids but then two for the schools to try to do that shit like that's it's, it's, it's virtually impossible um, so everything from people not being able to eat lunch to um, I mean all the way to like wanting to commit suicide I mean these are issues that are, are just wide open now that uh, basically the scab got scratched off and so now you know you gotta deal with these things I would totally agree um, let's see well I said everything that I was gonna say I mean some of these kids like even though I mean, some of these kids, their grades may not show, but these kids, some kids go to school as an escape from, you know, the shit they got to deal with in life, whether it's at, at home, whether it's with their friends outside of school and they, their neighborhoods or whatever, and they don't have that now. You know, they don't have eight hours where they're in one place they can, you know, find a way to escape, and whether it's sports or academics or both, and, you know, clearly those numbers are starting to show, and I can only imagine if the spring sports weren't playing, weren't, weren't in session, you know, around the time of the pandemic, you know, you know, really got bad. Like those numbers will probably be even a lot worse than they already are. Um, I think I think what's interesting um, about the the story that we were reading, um, if y'all didn't read it, it's on footballscoop.com, um, and they did the the survey with the uh, California schools is how much the government can play a role in making schools better for the kids in a sense because. In, uh, in the story, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services was providing uh, testing, rapid testing for the students. You know, we, we all agree that sports should be being playing right now, especially kids. Uh, but they were providing rapid testing for, for these kids so that they can continue to play and they could somewhat control COVID um, if it was spreading or not within, within the team that, that they were playing. But obviously in the, in the state of California, um, that that wasn't permitted so it's just interesting to see how like the state laws and there could be put there could be money and there could be plans put in place to still help the kids um yet they just decide to leave poor kids especially black and brown kids um and they just leave them leave them be and just let them wallow in whatever situation there is so that part was really interesting uh in the article with that part um Vic, you read a number to me, and I don't, I would just, I don't want to, okay, this kid's fucking, how many babies is on the way? Jesus Christ, 30, what did you 38, say? 38, 38, new father. Jesus we know, we know they kids, we know these kids having sex, like, come on, man, we know they. they I know that, but like, gee, 38 new fathers, that, that's, that's, bro, come on now, we've seen like one or two in our high school class, but 38? In one failed school? But, but Chris, you got to remember, this is within 105 schools. This is not within. Oh, okay, one okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this okay, is it's 105 right. schools within California. How um, do they yeah. How do they know which ones join gangs? That's what I want to know. Where do they get the official report? Yeah, well, that? that was my number. That was always weird to me. Like, how y'all know who was joining gangs? Well, I'm, I'm sure they were able to track these kids through these iPads and these and these computers, so they can track certain activities or whatever. So maybe that's so how. Big. I was wondering about how they got the. You think I'm going to rob a nigga with my iPad in my book bag? I'm going to beat up somebody no, with my iPad in no, the back? You might, you, no, I, that's what said how they tracked it. No, listen, you might be communicating with gang members through text messages on your iPad. I, and they tracked it. 
I think too, given like uh, because I think the study was spearheaded or in collaboration with Sarah High School, which if y'all don't know, that's uh, Tom Brady's alma mater. Um, also, one of like the best football high school teams. The Bay Area, um, that's a private one. So if I'm thinking about, and I have actually have a cousin who goes there, if I'm thinking about it in the way their coaches and stuff are set up and the types of kids that come there, I think it's basically kids that definitely gave that information after being questioned about it. You know, they build these like really strong bonds with the kids at these type of high schools where they all in their business, know their mamas and whatnot. I think it was more of like an interview situation. Maybe they didn't necessarily use the coaches to get that type of information, but use people within the community who could give that information or who could get that information out of them. So, yeah, I think if it's based off of Sarah and any of the neighboring high schools around San Mateo, so San Francisco and whatnot, um, I think it was, it was more so of a conversation or interview type of thing. So you're saying they have um they have relationships outside of the school, where they in the, within the community where they could probably go and talk to these people and say, hey, what's up with it? have you seen these kids and what what have they been up to? Things like yeah. So like um, if I speak to just like the cousins that that I've had or just people family members that I know or friends, um, a lot of the say Samoan kids and Polynesian kids that go to schools like Sarah, they the coaches don't necessarily get in good with their parents. They more so get in good with like a big uncle or somebody who's like a, a community uncle <laughs> type of thing. Um, and kind of are able to manage them in some way. I think they utilize people who are community members to get this type of information. Because um, they also have like, also have like, you know, community centers and whatnot um, throughout the city, both San Mateo and the city. Uh, people to just kind of connect um a lot of them are cultural based but um yeah i think that's kind of what's been going on as far as them getting information i don't see them getting it through the tablets and whatnot okay, okay i get it tomorrow that makes, I, that makes a lot of sense. sense basically the big homie let me go to the big homie and then see what's shaking from there and we'll take ba- it basically <laughs> i got you But, um, yeah. Oh, my bad, Mari. But I was going to say, um, and I won't hold up too much more space, but, yes, Sarah's interesting. So, you know, it's not easy necessarily to get accepted to Sarah. So when I read through the article, the whole time I was thinking, like, this is really interesting that Sarah's the one. Um, and then I went to their head coach, um, coaching Twitter, and a lot of his tweets have to do with coming back from you know, break early, coming back into the schools and being able to safely uh, play sports, play football. So it just got me thinking about like the different um, parent groups, coaching groups that have come forward in, throughout the Bay Area uh, in support of going back to, to school, physical learning. So um, yeah, I, I I don't know if because then again, we're trying to unpack how they got the data that kids had joined the game. And then when I'm thinking about who the source is and what high school is coming from, it makes, it's making me think that maybe some of this data 
is based off of like some assumptions about what's going on. But I don't know. I don't know for sure. Was that clip just now? No, it was uh, <laughs> it, it was Rello's mic, and I I think he accidentally flipped it off, and so I just kind of yeah, I was getting in the car, and I just closed my damn foot in the car, so yeah. Uh, okay. So this, so um, my question is like we've got California reporting these statistics, right? You said 105 high schools, and then you know they're talking about what's going on in Clark County, Nevada. Like I'm, I'm wondering if other school districts or states are going to be looking at these numbers and reporting these numbers because the biggest issue with sending these kids back to school is that we are that COVID is still raging. Like it's the worst it's been since it was almost a year ago, right? So you sending these kids back to school, right? It don't make sense because like. If, if if you're telling America to stay home, you're telling you know self for essential workers like stay home, social distance. Then why the hell are you trying to get these kids back to school? Because that is the antithesis of what you're preaching. And even even the government and Fauci and all these dudes, they're saying this. Oh, uh, you know we're gonna try and reopen schools. Biden and like we're gonna try and get money to reopen schools. And I'm like, but. These numbers, like you're talking about, we're gonna hit 500,000 people dead from COVID before the, you know, before the end of this month. And what is this, the 26th, 27th of the month? 28. The 28th. Like, what the fuck? So, like, you, you, and, and you know, I know Trump was pushing his narrative that kids don't get sick, which is a lie. Kids are dying from this as well. They're being ravaged. Like they might, like, you know, like I, I constantly say, they're not talking about that group of people who recover, which is far greater than a group of people who died. Not saying that, that one group is more important than the other, but the group that survived and are dealing with long-term effects of this, they're going to be a major issue for a variety of reasons, other than the fact that they're going to be living, you know, really fucked up lives, but they're also going to be dealing with chronic issues where it's going to put a stress on this shitty ass, you know, hospital system that we have in America, you know, because when this stuff started in back in March of 20 of 2020, the report came out saying that America has less than 1 million ICU beds. Now we probably got more than that now because they had to ramp up, but like in a country of 350 million people, plus you have 1 million, less than 1 million ICU. I think it was like 991,000. So, you know, like I don't understand how they, I get we have to be concerned about these kids' mental health because, you know, New York City talked about it, how a lot of these kids' school is a safe haven, which we mentioned, and things like that. And I know being around their friends and playing sports, like, I'm, you know, I, I remember high school and how important that was to be with the homies because I couldn't play football my senior year in high school because I had an appendectomy. I had an appendectomy like two months before football practice. And I was intent on playing, but the doctor called in high school and was like, yeah, you can't let them play because, He's not healed. If he gets hit in his abdomen, it could split, you know, split open the incision, you know. And so I was devastated. Like, damn, I can't play my senior year with my homeboys and everything. So I ended up going, I went to every game, every road game, whatever game it was, basketball, football. Like, I was there because just to be there. Like, the high school, my high school coach was like, yeah, you can ride the bus. Like, it's cool. Get on it. And because you can be around your friends, because 
you know, that's that was my social circle. So I couldn't imagine having and like I grew up in the country. My grandmother stayed on my grandmother had a house on a dirt road. Right. So like there was nobody around. So I was I'd have been stuck. Like if I if this would have happened when I was in high school, I'd have been stuck. And you know, especially back then where we didn't have the type of communication that these kids have today, luckily, but it still seems like it's still an issue. So I just don't know what you guys feel about that, like trying to get them to play sports. I know in Michigan, the state funded rapid testing for these kids to be able to finish the football season or whatever. Like, how do you guys feel like, is it, which is like, what do you, how do you weigh that? You know, kids being at home and going through things to the point, to the point of committing suicide versus reopening schools and dealing with people catching COVID and possibly dying. Well, so here, um, Chicago is, is a different animal. I know, uh, Chris, Chris was about to speak to that. So, yeah, just to bring it up with how you was bringing up with the kids and the aspect of how, like, the school stuff. So, here in Chicago, the, the teachers, like, no, we don't, we're not getting back in schools. They're literally about to strike. But CPS is pushing to get back in schools because the situation here is just like those numbers, how you said the numbers go to come out from everywhere else. Here in Chicago, I guarantee you those numbers are going to sound like that because a couple rooms ago, we were talking about the carjackings and stuff like that. What's now coming out about these carjackings is really wild is it's a bunch of kids. Like, these ain't no adults. No, it's a bunch of kids just doing this. So those numbers, I feel like, are, are going to come out from everywhere because it affects everybody differently. And like like I said, here in the city, in Chicago, hell, they push it so tough to get it back. JB done laid out high school sports. Like, football start March 4th. March 4th. Like, they trying to ramp this up to try to get these kids back in school around here. So, those numbers, it's only a matter of time before more numbers come out like that, Vic. So, I'm with you. Yeah, and we've spoke about this as far as, like, Keontae Johnson from, from um, you know, North, I mean, um, Florida. Florida. And how these, yeah, University of Florida, and how these kids shouldn't be playing. College and high school kids should not be playing because, they're not getting paid. Like, I get the pros playing. That's a professional decision. These guys make a lot of money. Or even if it wasn't a lot of money, it was a, a, a solid salary. It's their livelihood. So they're adults, and they can make that decision. I feel like the NCAA is almost like forced servitude because everybody knows we've talked about this, how um, the, the, um, the, the, the college players are the only ones on campus. They're athletes. They're the only ones on campus. Everybody else is remote. You know, it, even if they're not remote, my homegirl daughter is a freshman in Syracuse. She She's on campus, but she's in her dorm majority of the time. Like, that's where she takes her classes at, you know, virtually and everything, but she's on the campus. You know, so that's that. But these athletes, for the most part, they're the only ones on the campus. So you're sitting there like, like, <laughs> these kids shouldn't be playing. They shouldn't be playing. And I get, like, it's... It, like like you said, with America, it's like it's a lot of shit wrong with America, right? It's a lot of stuff wrong with America, and there should be other ways to take care of these kids and their mental health, and to get them, you know, in a position where they're safe, you know, rather than saying, "Well, we got to open the schools back up and play sports." Like I feel like that's that's lazy thinking. Like I might maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, but I think that's just lazy thinking. I think it's a it's it's a it's the way the system's set up, right? It's a lose lose situation for the kids regardless. 
which is what the problem is with America. And I think we've all known it, but COVID has just put it on, um, on front street, um, uh, with the, how the structures are. So it's, it's so unfortunate that, um, especially black and brown parents have to choose between do I keep my kids safe and not catch this virus or can I not go to work because I don't have child care for them? So it's a, it's a lose, lose, lose situation. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Robo. I was just going to say, like, the beginning of this COVID, the pandemic, the first part of my process I worried about was women and dangerous relationships, and I worried about kids, because now you don't have that outlet no more. You don't have work to go to. You're stuck in a house that we don't know what your home situation is. We don't know what your life home situation is. You got food. We don't know if your parents are abusive. We don't know what type of situation you are at home. And now we're sticking with home. You can't see your homies. You're supposed to be in a pandemic, but we all know how 16 through 18 year olds, well, 14 through 18 year olds are. Like, you're not going to stay in the house for so long. No matter what you've been told, you feel invisible. Like, you might be like, oh, it's a pandemic out there, but like, you're not really worried about that. Like, you're like, oh, I ain't gonna get sick. They saying everybody over 20, over like 25 and older gonna die. That ain't me. So yeah, especially if they don't have no supervision. If exactly. they don't have no supervision, they're gonna be in the streets. They doing whatever. Like, they win whatever, they doing whatever. So, like, I'm really not shocked by this. I'm disappointed because this is America and the system is against brown and black kids for usual. Um, I just really wish it was not the solution. Like, oh, let's just let them, let them play sports. It's like, bro, like, give them, teach them other skills in life. Like, basketball, sports is for all of us at some point. Only 1% of us get to make it money off of the sport we want to play in life. So you can't have it to this point to where it's like, oh, just give them the sport back. Teach these kids other things I do. Give them, give them an outlet. Give them a chance to talk. Like, I feel so special in the black community. We can't, we, like, disgusted at mental health. And we have to stop doing that. I pray that our generation start making some movement towards that because we have to really start having conversations about mental health. We just have to because if we don't talk about it, the longer you leave it in the dark, the longer you're not going to talk about it, people are going to be uncomfortable about it. So, yeah. So check this out. Go ahead, go ahead. After you guys, I want to read. I have a friend of mine who works for the um, CPS in in Clark County, Nevada, and I'm going to read you some information that she gave me about what goes on in that county. So go ahead. You guys go in and I come in. I was gonna say briefly, like with this whole Rosella was saying about like how mental health and the importance of that has to be stressed in like you know with high school and college. Like, there's kind of more of a light to it in regards to professional sports, but I agree, there's more. You know, a lot of these at the end of the day, like we're talking about kids, like we're talking about kids who are experiencing emotions and actions and something going on in the world that they, not even their parents taught them or they weren't even prepared for it, and. You know, literally, you really think about it, and one day you're out with your friends playing sports and, you know, living your life, and then the next day it's like, nah, you gotta stay in the house. And, you know, yeah, you do it, it's like, okay, yeah, one day or two days, alright, cool, whatever, but when it gets to where it's at now, where we're damn near a year later and 400,000 people died, like, the magnitude of how this situation is affecting everybody's mental health, like, adult and children, like, I can only imagine how those, how, like, kids feel. And I'm a grown adult, you know, we're all grown adults and we're dealing with it. I can only imagine how a kid feels where it's like, you know, you're not really focusing on much for playing sports, going to school, hanging out with your friends. It's like all that's taken away from you. And I can only imagine the effect it has on them. And that needs to be stressed. That needs to be stressed out. It needs to be stressed and needs to be emphasized. And I hope that as this continues and hopefully with the vaccine and, and such, I hope that gets emphasized a lot more. Wes, I know you wanted. 
Oh, I was, I was totally going to pivot so that because we way beyond the 15, but y'all do, you'll do your thing. You edit it. Well, I was just going to say, like, lastly, just to bring it all the way together, exactly what Wes said as far as basically this is just exposing the inequities in our system that already exists. Like, this is just putting a real heavy spotlight on it. Um, so whether they go back or not, those problems are still going to exist. Agreed. So right quick, I'm going to um, read these stats that uh, my homegirl Zedonia, she's on Clubhouse, um, she sent me. She said that working in CPS, we always have an increase of cases during summer break because children are at home because school is a safe place for a lot of them, which we said. And she said this is worsening during the pandemic because now they're increased. The numbers are increased of homeless youth because families are unemployed and don't have money to maintain a household. And Vegas is also a hub for sex trafficking. That part jumped out at me. That adds another layer to what children face here. She said keeping them safe from a horrible home life as well as predators is a lot. You know, so. Yeah, man. So, I mean, it's a lot, man, but. All I can say, man, is to keep if you if you know kids, man, that are home, just like their their family or their friends, and like just check on them and see how they're doing, and you know try and figure out something to offer them like a break from whatever they're dealing with on a daily basis. Because it's easy to fall into this quarantine life where you're just like in a cocoon and you're focused on yourself and you just forget about everything else. So like. You know, like life gets in the way and a lot of times we'll get caught up in our lives and forget about others. But sometimes, you know, a text message or a phone call to just or FaceTime or whatever, like you Chicago niggas, will um, to check up on your homies, it, it will be, you know, you never know if you can save somebody's life. 